0: So, uh, so here's my here's my new thing. Um, uh, like this has always been a pretty a sweet gig. I've always been a little hesitant to call this work because uh, I've done real work, and this is not it. <laughs> and so I've always I've always tried pretty hard um, to stay to stay grateful, to be grateful, and and even when things weren't working out for me to put on a good face because sometimes I don't. Sometimes I've lost my shit as a, as a creator and, you know, my fans just didn't know what to do and it was very uncomfortable for everybody. Uh, and it's been, this, it's been this big deal. This is a great way to open the show. And so 2020 is this year where a lot of stress and a lot of frustration and a lot of uh, bad stuff is just is going on in the world. And by and large, I'm still historically doing better than averages, but of course, there are still slip-ups and what have you, and I still fuck up. So what, I, what I've what i been trying to do, like I said, great way to start the show, I know. What What I've been trying to do is just keep a, a positive mindset and keep everything open and keep everything going, um, and, and so far, it's really worked out for me. And so far, this positive mindset has yielded a lot of results. There's lots of new fans around and they're excited and there's nudes and and there's and there's more people coming in for phone sex and there's more people coming in for commissions and I'm getting all this praise and all this love. Um there's there's we've hit some new numbers, we hit some new metrics and everything's going really well. And so my new thing to do in 2020 to start this show off with is I do my very very best to focus on one of these numbers that's been so rewarding and how lucky I am compared to everybody else, just how amazing things are com- to, for me compared to other people, uh, to to literally like leave up a message of, of praise or support, especially if it's anonymous and it was really nice and it really moved me, to look it up and to go through all these things and just like really embrace the praise, really, you know, not look at the news for the first hour that I'm awake whatsoever, try, try and push it back for two um I, I've I've started rotating uh I have a little card table next to my desk. I've started rotating different little artifacts on to different uh to a different little scenic spot so I can look over and be like, This person sent this to me. And and I know why they sent it to me, even if they never explained it. And I understand our connection. I'm looking over all that. And so my new thing to do with all these different ideas, you know, my vision board for success and and the metrics and the numbers and all that up, is I get there and I look at it all and I just look at how far I've come, how much I have to be grateful for, and I'm so grateful and I'm so gracious for all of it, and it's how I start my day now, and I thought you should know that. So the second thing that I do after I do that is I think that I'm the most miserable piece of shit who's ever lived. So that's my routine these days right now. I uh, I do the first part, and then I immediately jump into the second part for the rest of the day. I do the first part for about an hour, about an hour or so after I wake up, and then I look at the news, and, and then there's like a sidecar that jumps out of that explosion, but then it crashes and explodes, and oh, fuck, uh, Guys. Uh, it's not to say, like, I'm successful or anything either, but, like, because I'm not, but I guess everybody's successful if nobody's getting evicted and they can't turn off your utilities, right? Like, this is, that's the definition of success to my ancestors, so I win. I won by default. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and they didn't get their groceries delivered to them. More on that later. Uh... But legitimately, just like looking around and trying to be happy, looking around and, and, and just trying to be gracious, it's not working. It's not working. I can't fake it. I'm not going to do it for this show. You you would know even if I were. I'm not that good of an actor. Um, but it is funny. It is funny to be getting all of this, like, if if I choose it, if I look away from it. I think this is what it's got to be like to be a Trump supporter. If I look away from the world, then everything is nice. Does that make any sense? Like, if you're in a ship cabin and there's a porthole and you look out the porthole and the ocean's on fire, but you cover that porthole up and it's the only way to see what's outside, you're like, oh, everything's good. Like, you cover it up with, like, a little picture of, the like, the ocean looking all nice. It's like, hey, this is great. This is fantastic. Oh wow. So the thing of it is, is everybody everybody who's at the live show right now is that they're all using like a metaphor and they're all like talking like, yeah, 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 you're bubbling. Yeah, you're making a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing though, I'm not making it. It comes from me. My nine to five is people coming into my angry reality hellscape bubble of self-hatred and being and like pushing their way through the wall and being like. You're amazing! I love you. And it's the strangest thing in the world because my life now consists of like like reading a news story like this this week in, in California, all jobs lost. The person who tabulated the jobs that were lost was the last person with a job, and he fired himself on the way out. All jobs lost in California, no more jobs in the entire state. Right? Like, I'll read that story, and then I'll tab back in, and then it'll be all like, I've been practicing using a sex toy to come for you, which I've never done before. But your voice made me touch myself. So I got a dildo that I thought you'd like cause it's purple, and now I want to show you videos that my friend took. She's also just as inexperienced as me, and she's in the closet waiting for you to come out if you think it's cool. I'm just kidding, Teehee, unless you're into it. Right? Like, I don't go into a bubble. The bubble comes from me. Do you understand? Do you understand? i That's my 9 to 5. Okay? I have to... I have to be sitting there... I have to be sitting there as a person who reads the news and is just trying to get by in this world and is just trying to feel everything and understand, like, what's going on in this world. I I, I have to process my own thoughts and feelings and have conversations. And then I'll switch tabs. And, baby, you just never know what's coming down the pike these days because, apparently, people have never been hornier. Apparently. Like, never ever, no acknowledgement or anything. There's no, there's no prelude. There's no starting the messages off or anything. It's just 100%. Just, it's not like, hey, I know a lot's going on right now. Anyways, I just shaved my cunt. No! It's right into the second part! Immediately! I just shaved my con for the first time, and I stuck an ice sculpture that I chiseled out of various MCU characters that I thought would look like you. So it's your face on their heads, and they're all inside me right now, and please tell me what to do. <laughs> that woman's in her 30s, just to be clear. This is not just to, just to be clear. I'm talking. Of, I'm talking about a wide range of people with a wide range of sexual needs right now, and it's happening. And it's not at all like predicated or there's no there's no prelude. There's no apology. It's really funny because like a lot of the time there will be just like a little note. At the beginning of really raunchy anonymous messages, because my fan base is so sweet and respectful, so there will almost be just like a little warning. It's like a little header at the top that's like, uh, "I don't know if you're in the mood for this, but this is really sexual." And it's really nice. That's not a joke. If you've ever sent something like, if you've ever sent something in like that, appreciating you, and that's pretty. Com- I know it's very nice. It's very sweet. <clears throat> that is not at all what's happened since March. Not at all. Since March, since the beginning of March, it's just like the pussy lips are doing the typing. It's like women are holding the phones between their fucking thighs while they're doing something else. And that motherfucker's going to town, just Just shiatsuing those fucking text keys and throwing out there whatever it goddamn needs to. I've been thinking a lot about how you're so big and how if I talked back to you, you could just. Punch me in the face. Have your way with me. Just knock me out with one punch. I've been thinking about it all day. What what day of quarantine you on, baby? It's hour number 18. (laughs) I had a gal text me from her balcony. Because it was the most private place. <laughs> and I thought. Well. I gotta. I, I, I can't pass that up. She's given me this information. <laughs> she's telling me that she's got no privacy. And she wants to sext me. What am I going to do? So I I, I make some inquiries about like. The person per square footage. And like line of sights and shit. And. I'm not, I didn't ask for this. This is just after, after just asking some logisti- some basic logistical questions on how it would work. How many people are there? How often does somebody come out to the balcony? You know, basic things. G- asking those questions got her aligned with the closet door that was on the balcony's handle, I guess. Against the wall where people couldn't see out. And so, she just told me that she was in position, uh, rubbing, rubbing her pussy through her fabric against the doorknob. <laughs> and so, I, uh, you know, I was just kind of, like, uh, you yeah, know, I was just kind of sending her questions, like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, this is making you hot? Do you like this? You enjoy this? You want this? You want this? You like Daddy? You like Daddy telling you to rub your pussy against the, uh, the doorknob? On the balcony? You like that? You like Daddy, uh... I mean, we're all the way here. You like Daddy, uh... You like Daddy, uh... Telling you what to do? Huh? You like that? You like Daddy, uh... You like that jiggle jiggle? Huh? Huh? You like that? You like You into it? Huh? And apparently the answer was yes, because she said thank you, Daddy, and I haven't heard from her since. So... I'm telling you, it's getting really weird and really interesting out there, because I didn't consent to that. I was like, oh, really? You're on the balcony. All right, I have some questions about that. And she's like, I have an answer. And the answer is brass and between my lips. (laughs) She did it between two layers of fabric, guys. I can't stress it enough. She was wearing panties and pants. And she rubbed her pussy through the doorknob for me. And she particularly liked the way that the lock felt when she pressed down against it. If you're out there, text me again. I'm very, very interested in hearing more. (laughs) There's an audio out there. I don't know how. I gotta get some details in there. Click-a, 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 click-a. I know that much is in there. (laughs) So... (laughs) I hope our neighbors... I I don't... Why? Why? What are they going to do? They're going to see a pussy robin... Somebody says, I hope their neighbors don't have a telescope. I hope their neighbors don't see... I don't think you guys are getting what's going on out there. You think the neighbors are looking outside anymore? (laughs) You think the neighbors are figuring out that there's an outside anymore? There's no people. There's no people outside. <laughs> really? You guys are looking outside. You guys are looking outside. What have you guys seen in March of 2020? Oh, you fucking rear windowers. What have you seen? What have you seen? What have you seen? Chickens. That's cool. Delivery people. Uh-huh. Farm animals. Okay. Dogs. This is all passing my smell test. I feel like I may have unfortunately challenged a group to a fight that I couldn't win. Yeah. Ooh, somebody saw an orange cat. Oh wow. This is like asking what a preschool. This is like as a preschool teacher. If I asked my class, if hypothetically one could be in session right now, I would have gotten pretty much the exact same fucking answers I just did. I saw delivery people and an orange cat. And there was a car. <laughs> <laughs> I bet garbage day is amazing at this point. Garbage Day is amazing at this point because I'm like, oh, the truck's still run. It's not all over yet. <laughs> Street sweepers? What the fuck? What are they sweeping for? There's no... Alright. You haven't taken your garbage out for three weeks, Mango? Oh, they haven't taken your garbage for three weeks. I was going to say, that's a new level of sweat patenting. I don't believe Mango anymore. Mango's now a liar, and I'm just going to stop listening to her. Cut this out, Allie. <laughs> Ugh. All right. So <laughs> what other things did I get through? Uh, okay, so here's a new thing that's new with my life that somebody who lives with PTSD shouldn't have to live with if they're paying $100 a year plus money every time for a delivery service. So my delivery service has absolutely... No idea when it's going to be delivering anything anymore. you know uh, everybody knows that amazon packages like have started to tick up, like Amazon packages are now like oh, well, we'll get it to you <laughs> amazon's Amazon's new delivery time for prime is uh ah. <laughs> So everybody knows that. So I have an app for food delivery, and it does the reverse. Like, you can order same day still. It used to be that I could order same hour, uh, or I could get it next hour, usually speaking at least. But now I'll log in, and it's this game of hungry, hungry hippos to get my food delivery. So the order is all done. It's all in. It's all prepared in their system. But now I have to keep checking to see if any driver is going to be available to ship it to me in any window in the next couple of days. And so it's a totally random on if I'm going to be able to order a delivery, and if so, when they're available, because they're that fucking booked. Every driver for this company, they're that fucking booked. And so this new game is, do I want to be awake at that time? This is my new game. Am I going to be hungry enough? That I will be awake at that time. (laughs) Holy shit, I'm going to make a Hey, about that. So, like, I'll refresh today, and I've got food for today, right now, right? I've got food for today, I've got food for tomorrow, I've got food for the next couple of days, I've got food for weeks, I've got food forever, I want my nuts! I, it's not a need thing, it is a want thing, it is various things that I'm running in and out of, and what have you. And, Therefore, I'll have my grocery list all set up, and I'm like, I'm F5-ing on it, and it'll be like, well, we can get this to you Tuesday at 10 p.m. I'll be like, what the fuck? So this new game is basically like Hungry Hungry Hippos, but also the strategic version, because you only get to press your lever once. So there's a lot of, like, marbles coming by, and you're like, ah, ah!" but you don't know if you should press it, because as soon as you, because there's somebody else who might press the lever. And so I'm just, the entire time is now, I've got this new idol game. It's called Hunger, is the new idol game. Uh, it's got one bar that counts down. It's different than most idol games. Most idle bars have idle bars that count up. This has got one bar. It's called Hunger, and it keeps counting down. And the game is, can I keep putting shit in my mouth long enough... That I don't press that fucking button and then have to wait like six days and then do like a midnight delivery where the raven messenger knocks three times on the door and I speak the words to let him in past the veil. You know, like, so that's, that's where grocery delivery is on one service, okay? Now, let me tell you the experience that I had on the other service and why you guys should definitely pay me money, even though everything's working okay for me in my life compared to you and yours. I haven't ordered in food, like, at all really in March. Like, really. Uh, I think I did it either once or twice, and then I did it a third time, either, either a second or third time just now. Okay? I haven't been ordering in food. I've been, I've been trying to use this as an opportunity to 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 really to be in better shape at the other side of this, especially since everybody else is going to be in way worse shape on the other side of this. Everybody thought they were going to be in better shape on the other side of this. I think I'm going to be the only one who fucking manages it. Uh, working from home, not so fucking easy, is it, assholes? And so I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Allie have been having a fucking smirk. We haven't even talked about it. We haven't even like smugly talked about it to one another, but we know. We know. As people have been working from home, we know. We know what we do is not easy. Get it out. No. Like there's bumps, but fuck you. What if what's your productivity level compared to March 2019? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> because mine's higher. I took March 2019 off, and then I shit snot and watched Endgame. No, that may have been 2018. and watched Infinity War. I was really sick right before one of them. I think it was Infinity War. I was really sick right before. I think it was Infinity War, now that I think about it. Yeah. I was really sick for a month right before one of them. Anyway. (laughs) So that's one level of the... Uh, of the service is like, you're not going to get your shit for a week, maybe. We'll send somebody. There's three alert messages at the top of the screen before you order. One, high volume may mean items are not in stock. Two, delivery drivers may be late due to postponed deliveries. Three, extra charges may be required because of medicinal care. Holy shit, three warnings, and, you know, you may have to order your groceries out a week out. So I haven't been ordering food at all for this fucking month. And so I ordered a pizza. Been doing pretty well. We had some money goals. I had enough money to get to Allie. Uh, Like a little bonus. Everybody else getting pink slips. I feel so fucking good about that. You guys made that possible. Just a little one, not a serious one. Right? Like I was feeling really good. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to order a pizza. I'm going to feel fucking amazing. I'm going to order a pizza. And so I give the Grubhub driver, the deliveries, that the front doors open, set it down on the cooler, right? And I don't know what I'm going to get because I haven't ordered food since this started. I really haven't. Since things started locking down, since all this started happening, I've not ordered once. So I didn't know what to expect. And I kind of assumed it was going to be the same as ordering in the groceries, yeah? So I ordered in. I've got a little foyer, a little foyer, a little foyer, depending on how you pronounce it in the country, uh, and I put a cooler down on top of that. So it's the only thing, and there's a rug, a cooler, and then you can put the pizza box on top of the cooler. Right? Piece of cake. So not only does it not take extra long for the pizza to come, he's there, like, right away. It's the exact opposite of the fucking groceries. He's there like it's never been faster. And then here's what he fucking does. The door is open. The front door is open. A second front door is locked and closed that I can see through because it's got a panel of glass on it. But the front door is open, and I see him standing outside and knocking. And he's only, like, not that far away from me, so I shout through the door, It's open! And he just won't stop. He literally does it for a full minute. So finally, I fling open my door. I open the front door again and I like, gesture to the cooler and he won't stop trying to hand it to me. And so I just go, Aah! and I shut the door in his fucking face and lock it and walk away. Because <laughs> I don't know what to fuck. I want to kick him in the face. I want to kick the fucking pizza and have the pizza hit him in the face. I'm so livid. Because I never want to see a delivery driver under normal times, you understand? My normal delivery driver thing is leave the food, don't make me see you. We both hate each other for this transaction. You for this being your career, me for ordering these calories. We both hate ourselves, let's not make eye contact, all right? You and your wife fucking later, that's the amount of intimacy that I want to have right now with you, okay, asshole? All right, I'm sorry if that was a little too far. I don't get any more treats, okay? And all I wanted was the pizza to be sat down. That's all I wanted. All I wanted was the pizza to be sat down in the foyer. It's a foyer. (sighs) When he tried to hand it to me, though, that's when I lost my shit. That's when I lost it. That's when I was like... And so I go and I pout for, like, 90 seconds. I wait for him to leave like a cat looking out a window. I wait for the car to drive away. And then I go and I get it. I close the door. And then I do the thing now that you're supposed to do, which, like, feels like total fucking, like, I can't believe that this is my life. But, like, I pull all of the pizza out of the pizza box and, like, put it into, like, half of it into, like, aluminum foil and then half of it on a plate and then I wash my hands for 20 seconds and then, like, I walk around and all that. I got a little UV light that's not for this. I just had it. And I, like, I put my hands under the UV light and then I eat my pizza. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm taking this fucking shit seriously. I'm doing what you're supposed to do. And, uh... I <laughs> don't want to die from... I... Listen, if this disease happened two years ago, I would have been so happy with it killing me. I really would have. But now, like... <laughs> you know, now things are going kind of okay. So, <laughs> I'm taking it the real... They just killed a 17... It just killed, like, a 17-year-old in Britain and, like, a 14-year-old in Alabama or some shit. Like, it's killing... It's killing kids now. Like I, guess, I think it always probably was, and 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 people, yeah. You know. So everybody wash your fucking hands like crazy before you eat every time. Seventeen-year-old Kelly, okay, like wash your fucking hands every time before you eat. That's like that's the rule we grew up with, <laughs> and now we're right back to it. The only difference is, you know, we're now we're throwing away all the stuff around the food. And then we wash our hands and then we eat. That's it. That's the only difference. It's a new rule. Well, it is, it is, it, it's optional in this case because if I took the pizza box, I picked up the pizza box and put the pizza on the plate, put the pizza box in the fridge, that's what I'd normally do. Then I wash my hands. Uh, or I would have my hands somewhere in there, but I wouldn't have given a shit if I touched the pizza box before, after I washed my hands. And I also would have put the pizza box in the fridge. Now I got to take the pizza out the box. Now I got to throw the box over in the cardboard uh, recycling stack. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, there is extra, a lot of, uh, optional washing your hands? Never. Always. But, like, what we do now before we eat, we really have to be considerate. What we do before we let ourselves into our houses and start mawing at our faces with our hands, like the dog who just got the fucking sneeze collar off. We just have to like really consider. But that's all you have to do. As long as you fucking keep your head. Like everyone said, don't touch your face, don't touch your face. And then they stop saying that because you can't stop touching your face. Aha. Uh-huh. But now I just don't touch my face when I'm outside. Ha 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 ha! Ah, I beat the system. Now I wash my hands like a motherfucker. I come in and, ah, you hear I'm doing it all. No, I'm doing it now. You can't get me. You can't get me. You can't get me cops. You can't get me politicians. You can't get me virus. I'm touching my face. Oh, my face, horrify. I'm touching them all. <laughs> I got glasses and I moved the glasses just to touch under my eyes. <laughs> oh, yes. So, like, I mean, it was like, it was very frustrating because I really, I, I washed my glasses too. 70% alcohol. What are you fucking doing? You're in your mind. I got a soak station. Are you kidding me. I'm not dying for this. I've seen my neighbor. She's 102. If I, if I breathe at her, she will die. Do you understand? (laughs) If I exhale in her direction when I'm taking out the trash, that's a murder. (laughs) It's just such a funny image. Holding my breath and then pushing the giant canister all the way down. And then... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> running back in <gasps> and then getting the recycling, pushing it all the way back down again. <laughs> I know you met the glasses. I'm talking about me. Like, if I actually took it that seriously, because I never fa- half ass anything, just. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> We have to keep Mabel alive, guys, even though she's kinda rude and super racist. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're moving in. There was a couple that was not as uh right for this neighborhood before you. Oh, god damn it, Mabel! Second thing out your mouth. I mean, I knew from the little dog that you were racist, but you had to confirm it so quick. <sighs> That's right. All little women who have little dogs are racists. You heard me. It's true. Every last one. That's the sign. Smaller the dog, the bigger the racist. It's why they like the little hate-filled dogs. It's the number 1 metric of the ACLU, everybody. <laughs> If he's a hundred and one, that means he survived the Spanish flu as a baby. Well, that doesn't count. I'm sorry, I'm going to veto that. He doesn't remember it. He didn't survive the Spanish flu. It just no absolutely not did you did you yeah, really? It was I thought it was deadly to children. <laughs> I thought I thought it killed like 5-year-olds, the Spanish flu. There's a lady who survived September 11th and the World Trade Center bombing. She w- she went to work uh, the World Trade Center in 2011 and 1993, and she was there for both buildings getting hit. If we're talking about people that I think are just ballers in history. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's so many great documentaries about, like, texts on 9-11. They're like, I love you. I'll see you soon. You know, really heartbreaking and jerking, and then, like, you know, you get you get to her text, and she's all like, Cletus, they did it again! Pick me up! Ah, oh, fucking traffic's going to be a nightmare. Ah, oh, maybe I should have become a teacher. <laughs> See? I wrote that joke. That's here's a true story. I wrote that joke like uh I wrote that joke like uh, 15 years ago cuz someone said no one will ever find 9/11 funny. And then I wrote that joke. <laughs> it's been in my bandolier ever since. Oh yeah, no one will ever find nine eleven funny. Who say? Chick, chick. I say, game on, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of things that I really probably shouldn't be doing, maybe I should read some poetry. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can say to procrastinate. <sighs> oh, uh, all of my all of my snipers got COVID nineteen and died. There haven't been any whiz sniper sightings, so I think that they all got COVID nineteen and died, which is really embarrassing for a shadow organization. I think maybe the snipers were from like Cobra. Like the organization that used to fight in theory G.I. Joe, but really we're just really, let's just face it, Cobra was funded by the US government. Don't you think? Just real real facts. Cobra was funded by the US government as an excuse to fund the US war machine. Right? Like, I don't want to get too deep on anybody here, but Cobra Commander, and that's why he didn't take his helmet off. He was just like a Joe of the Week or whatever under there. And they they didn't, that's why they didn't ever show his face. Right? Was, okay. I'm not the only one who thought that. Because I was there when I was watching G.I. Joe as a kid. I was like, G.I. Joe, it's an entertaining thing, even though it's furthering Jingoism, and I don't believe in the way. Okay, the note has been taken. Don't procrastinate anymore. We've hit our limit. We now have to get started. So there's these helicopters that are transporting corpses through the sky at night. Corpse copters, I call them. The old nixon experience you all you all ever looked up at the floating corpse of Nixon just kind of hovering above the nation you uh, you ever seen that it's pretty crazy footage they 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 just kind of they just kind of hung his casket out of a helicopter and just kind of dragged it across the nation nixon's Nixon's corpse so he could do uh, just a just a little bit more damage on his way out to the environment besides the EPA and underfunding it you know what i'm saying like they just wanted to they just wanted to make sure there's one final little middle finger to america the last flyover of richard nixon's corpse <laughs> so there's these helicopters there's a big uh, medical center near me, and I vape in my backyard. You don't need to know it for. You could have come to before the live show to find out why I'm in my backyard so much at night. And the helicopters, like, they pick up cargo, and they drop off cargo from the roof. Whenever you, you see helicopters in, in hospitals and, in, in like, TV shows and movies, it's always, like, a team jumps out, and there's, like, a gurney on the roof. But I can see the roof, and I can see the door. That they're going in from my backyard. I know this sounds very weird, and it is. And so I can clear. I know. I know a cargo hold when I see it. I know a cargo exchange when I see it. I know what what I've. I worked in a warehouse. I I know what that looks like. Uh, and so twice now, I've just kind of caught the elephant, the helicopter landing on the roof, unloading a bunch of things. And then uh, loading a bunch of other things in. And then taking off. And, uh... (laughs) I have never been more lonely in my life than watching that happen. I just gotta say. This is my final bit of procrastination. I really do think so. But just, like, it's an emotional moment. Um... It's very, very strange out there. And I know I'm not the only, the only one who feels that way. Like pollution is down in Europe 40% just this last month. Pollution in, in Europe is just down that much that quickly. Um, and, and the one way that I've noticed it in my area is that there are just so many more birds around. There's just a million more birds around than I've seen. In virtually any spring in a long, long time. Like you can just tell, you can just tell that there's more birds this season, and they're so loud. They did. They replaced all the batteries in all the birds. They're so loud. Yeah, there's 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 dolphins coming up in Italy. It's it's getting it's getting really really weird and interesting out there. And I just want to say is I I I'm going through my weird stuff too. And normally I love talking about the news. And normally I, love, normally I love talking about current events, because I know about them, and I'm good at them, and I've been watching the news all my life. And I totally don't want to do that for you guys, uh, e- even the good news right now. You guys are all new zombie. Now everybody's a new zombie. You don't need me for that no more. Um... But I just want to say on a very real level that I'm also struggling to come up with connection. Uh, That's why I kind of began this off like, everything's going great. I hate myself. I'm struggling to come up with connection. I'm struggling to come up with material, not for the sexual side of things because it's endlessly sexy and endlessly pent up, Uh, (laughs) as I said earlier. But like, talking about me and relating to me and feeling like I have enough to offer to do a gaming stream or feeling like I have enough offer to come out to do a live show, that's actually kind of a struggle. And I felt really lonely watching this helicopter load and unload uh, on top of this hospital. Really, really lonely when I when I saw that, when I caught that. And the only alevement that I have on that loneliness is really you guys. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. <laughs> but that's it. You guys are, when I when I see the strange, when I am trying to decipher what's going on, when I'm trying to demystify myself and, and come to terms with what's going on, it is you guys that I think about. And so I know I just told you a very strange story that doesn't mean anything. The copter unloading and Richard Nixon and that, but it was an intense moment, and there's going to be more of them ahead for everybody, and golly if I don't think that's okay, by and large, for all of us to experience them. Yeah? I think a while of love, and while I think, love is to me a world, soul meat, and sweetest drink, and close connecting link between heaven and earth. I only know it is, not how or why, my greatest happiness, however hard I try. Not if I were to die, can I explain. I fain would ask my friend, how can it be? But when the time arrives, then love is more lovely than anything to me, and I'm so dumb. For it is the truth were known, love cannot speak, but only thinks and does, though surely twill leak without the help of Greek or any tongue. A man may love the truth and practice it, beauty he may admire, and goodness not omit, as much as may befit to reverence. But only when these three together meet, as they always incline, and make one's soul the seat and forever retreat of loveliness. When under kindred shape, like love's and hates, and a kindred nature proclaim us to be mates, exposed to equal fates, eternally. And each may other help the service do, drawing love's bands more tight, service he never shall rue, while one and one make two, and two are one. In such case only doth man fully prove fully as man can do what power there is in love his inmost soul to move restlessly. Two sturdy oaks, I mean, which side by side withstand the winter storm and spite of wind and tide grow up the meadow's pride. For both are strong. Above they barely touch, but undermine down to their deepest source. Admiring, you shall find their roots are intertwined, inseparably. Friendship Poem by Thoreau. My voice has been perfect today, and then it just got a little bit scratchy right before the show. Golly golly, Mr. Voice. I knew a woman lovely in her bones. When small birds sighed, they would sigh back at them. Ah, when she moved, she moved more ways than one. The shapes a bright container can contain of her choice virtues. Only God should speak Of English poets who grew up on Greek i have to sing in chorus, cheek to cheek How well her wishes went She stroked my chin And she taught me turn and counter-turn and stand She taught me touch that undulant white skin I nibbled meekly from her pre-offered hand She was the sickle I, poor I, the rake Coming behind her for her pretty sake. Ah, uh, but what prodigious mowing we did make. Love like a garner, she adores a goose, her lips full pursed the errant note to seize. She played it quick. She played it light and loose. My eyes, they dazzled at her flowing knees. Her several parts could keep a pure response or one hip quiver with a mobile nose. She moves in circles and the circles move. Let seed be grass, and grass turn into hay. I'm martyr to emotion, not to my own. What's freedom for, to know eternity? I swear she cast a shadow white as stone, but who would count eternity in days? Those old bones live to learn her wanton ways. I measure time by how a body sways. I knew a woman Theodore Rothk. R O E T H K E Rothk. I found you, and I lost you, all on a gleaming day. The day was filled with sunshine, and the land was full of May. A golden bird was singing its melody divine. I found you and I loved you, and all the world was mine. I found you, and I lost you, all on a golden day. But when I dream of you, dear, it's always brimming May. A Golden Day Paul Lawrence Dunbar Grass windows and princes A warning, I sing, Of sad, wicked doings of David, The king. With Bethesda, Wife of poor Major Uriah, Was bathing one day When the king chanced to spy her. He was drinking upstairs, The weather was hot, And her window was open, A thing she forgot. The stark, naked beauty had not an idea what while she was watching the creature could see her. She and her little sister were sporting together, enjoying the heat of the bright summer weather. They bathed in the fountain, and while they were washing, were wamping all naked, were leaping and splashing. What man could resist such an awful temptation? He forgot he was king of the sanctified nation. He was filled with delight and lewd admiration, and he was mad for the raptures of fierce fornication. Beware of the devil who seldom lies sleeping. So while she was washing and while he was peeping, the king's living sector grew stiff as a rod. Nice mutton, cried David. I'd fuck her by God. So calling a page, he desired him to go and inquired all about her. He answered, I know. The lady your majesty pleased to admire is the wife of the valorous major Uriah. His majesty answered, go fetch her, be quick. Much conscious indeed has a stiff standing prick. And he ran to call her and put on a smock and hurried to wait on the majesty's cock. One touch to her hand and one word to her ear, and she fell on her back like a sweet willing deer. "'He was frantic with lust, but he seized his erection, "'and he made it all once in the proper direction. "'She was girlish and lovely, a heavenly figure, "'but with the cunt of an angel and the fucking of vigour. "'She got... (laughs) "'He got her at once with the child of the sun, "'and she said long grace when the swerving was done. "'So the lady went home, and she very soon found her belly was growing unluckily round. This is an honor, she see. I could hardly expect. Your majesty now must your handmaid protect. Never feared, cried the king. I'll be your adviser. I'll send for the major, and no one's the wiser. So he sent for Uriah, who speedily came, but unluckily never laid hands on the dame. David was puzzled. He made the man tipsy. But still, he avoided the lewd little gypsy. David laid a new plot, as he wished fulfilled, in front of the battle Uriah was killed. Okay. A temperance ballad. Sir Wilfred Lawson. Well, I thought that was just going to be about a peeping Tom who got in trouble. Uh... Apparently, we did a little bit more than that. Goodness. Okay. At 14, I wanted to devour you. The tang, the strut. The perfect proletarian. (laughs) The perfect proletarian butt in the black pants of you. I wanted a man like you to sashay into town and teach me how to be an airplane in water. I wanted... I didn't want to be a baby. I wanted to be your baby. I wanted revenge. I wanted to sue my breasts for not living up to their full potential. I wanted Jennifer Grey to meet with an unfortunate end for not having a love affair with a ghost. At 14, I believe you'd given birth to the word pre... <laughs> Pre- preternatural, preternatural. Yeah. And when Mother came home one day waving her walking shoe, saying I lost my soul in the theosocial society, I wanted to dance as recklessly as the underside of that shoe. I wanted to be a pebble in the soft heel of you, the horse whisper, and to live on a ranch in Texas and love my blonde wife forever and have caresses around my eyes and experience at least one goddamn summer where I could be like the wind, sexy and untrammeled, dirty. And it was only after I found my own Johnny and got rid of him, only yesterday when I rescued a northern shoveler from crows on the beach, his broken wings squished against the crockery of my my ribs. Only after seeing him down at the edge of a canal, where he sank to the long, patient task of dying, that I realized... What I wanted most was to be held by someone determined to save me. Someone against whom I could press my unflourishing chest, who offer me not just the time of my life, but who tear out the reams of his yellowing pancreas and say, here, baby, eat. Ode to Patrick Swayze. By Tishani Doshi. D O S H I. Well, that was the last one, and my God, that was a pretty interesting one, huh? That was the last bit of poetry. We've got a number of love letters tonight, and then we'll get through those. We've got one piece of smut at the end. Dear Robert, Often as I lie awake, I wonder if you are also lying awake. You draw me from the darkest period of my young life, sharing with me the sacred mystery of what it is to be an artist. I learn to see through you and never compose a line or draw a curve that does not come from the knowledge I derided in our precious time together. The other afternoon, when you fell asleep on my shoulder, I drifted off too. But before I did, It occurred to me looking around at all your things and your work is going through years of work in my mind. That of all your work, you are still the most beautiful. The most beautiful work of all. Patty. I'm afraid I don't know who that's for. From Patty to Robert. Darling. It's all too exciting. I never dreamed it could be like this. Reviews such as the one would run would write for oneself, the whole town up and doing about the show, those delicious long lines at the box office, morale high, dignitaries every night, the Senate practically in toto's parties, hot newspapers, all the atmosphere of a mid-season opening, gala, emeralds, furs, the works. The only thing missing? You. How I long to have you there and share the excitement. Of course, as they say, it's only Washington, not New York. I don't count chickens. But it sure looks like a smash, and all our experiments seem to have worked. The book works, the tragedy works, the ballets shine, the music pulses and soars, and there is at least one history-making set. It's all too good to be true. I've just launched at the White House. No moss. Invited by Sherman Adams and the whole gang. Again, you should have been there. What a beautiful place. Such credenzas, such break fronts. I really fell in. Adams and Rabb and General Snyder all were talking of nothing but West Side Story. I think the whole government is based on it. Jim Haggerty, Ike's press secretary, turns out to be a fan of mine. It's all so crazy and unexpected. Even Adams turns out to be an amateur musician. Now listen. When are you coming home? I have such a constant feeling that you're about to turn up any minute, but look, the time is drawing near. It's only ten days until Labor Day. The summer's almost over. What I hope is that you'll be all back from Philly opening Monday the ninth, which is our anniversary for Christ's sake, but even just for Jamie's birthday on Sunday, please try and manage it, huh? Why, why stick around in that plaguey place, bored as you are after Labor Day? Let me know right away when you plan to return, and darling, hurry home. I can't stand not seeing the children. I need my girl. Letter from Leonard Bernstein to his wife, Felicia, during the August 1957 trial run of West Side Story. <clears throat> that was a beautiful one. <clears throat> Ruth, dear heart, the mail which I just got before leaving Honolulu could not have been better chosen. Five letters from you, and I hope you may often feel me near you as you did, resting so softly and sweetly in your arms. Whenever I am weary and sick and longing for you, I can always go back and recapture that afternoon out at Bedford Hills this spring, when your kisses were rained down on my face and the memory ends always in peace, beloved. I was never more earthborn in my life and never more conscious of the strength of your love and what it gives me. You have convinced me of the one thing in life which made all living worthwhile. You have no greater gift, darling, and every memory of your face, every cadence of your voice is joy wherein I shall feed hungrily on these coming months. All this love which you have poured out to me is the very bread and wine to my direct need. Your lips bring blessings, my beloved. In one way, the solitary existence is particularly revealing. In the way that I can twist and change my attitudes towards people with absolutely no stimulus at all, except as springs from within me. I'll awaken some morning just loving you, frightfully much in some quiet new way. I may not have sufficiently rubbed the sleep from my eyes to have even looked at your picture. I feel very peaceful. It is such joy to go to sleep loving you and waken so. And it is so true that we have had this loveliness near together, for I never feel you too far away to whisper to. And your dear hair is always just slipping through my fingers. I kiss your hair, sweetheart. I am coming back to you. While the birds forget to come north and the spring to land on their desire, when I do good work and it always for you, that's my wishing. I have a hundred details I should be writing about, but if I were there, I'd kick them under the table and bury my face in your breast. The thought of you now makes you a little unbearably happy. I feel immense freed and sustained, the dark mouths of doubt washed away, all that I could look at you gladly in the eyes and take me away in your arms, my beloved, my beautiful one. I thank God you do not try to fence me off, but trust me to take life as it comes and make something of it. With that trust of yours, I can do anything and come out with something precious saved. I kiss your hand. I feel at peace with the whole world. You may think it is tempting the gods to say so, but I take all this with high guarantee of what I've always temperamentally doubted, the permanence of passion and the mere touch of your head. A chance inflection of your voice have just as much power to make the day over now as they did four years ago. So also... You give me a faith I never thought to win in the lastingness of passion. I love you, Ruth. Oh, sweetheart, I'm lonely for your arms. I wonder if you'll ever feel as mentally amputated as I do. I have just one definite urge, and that is to write to you. You will never know what a priceless and so undeserving gift you have given me in giving me a perfect love not lest an inch of which I never, ever, repudiate. Beside the strength and permanence of all the enduring features which I have for you, everything else is shifting sand. Do you mind terribly when I say these things? Is it so good to really be all by myself to love you again? The moon is full, the lake lies still and lovely, this place is like heaven, and I am in love with life my sweetheart, my beautiful, my lovely one. Always I love you and realize what a desert life might have been without you. Love Letter from Margaret Mead to Ruth Benedict I thought that was a little too great for a man to be writing to a woman this whole time. I was like, come on. This is too, this is too good, emotionally. And that's because it wasn't. It's because it was a woman writing about a woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was good. I, that got me twice. That was good. That was a really good love letter. Thank you to whoever suggested that one. That was something. Oof. Dear Merce, is this a fake love letter? I guess that's all right. You'll understand why I said that at the end. This is not a fake love letter, but I'll get to the end and I'll read the name and then you'll see why I said that. Okay, here we go. Dear Merce, I'm unsentimental, but I'm sitting at one of our tables and looking in a mirror where you often were. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. rather than backwards to having seen you recently. That's a happy way to be. I don't know. This gravity-elastic feeling and let go to fall together with you, it's one thing, but... It is better to live exactly where you are, as with as many permanent emotions as you can muster. Rain finally came, and it's a beautiful cool. I wonder how long it'll last. It was marvelous because it started suddenly, and then it was alternately terrific and gentle. I think of you all the time, and therefore have little to say that would not embarrass you. For instance, my first feeling about the rain was that it was like you. I love you. I get terribly lonesome for you. Please be lonesome enough to come back in 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 not-too-distant time. I love you. Often think of fancy reasons why. The spirit is very close to me, and mine, I sent it. Close to you. Your letters, I just plain love, they bring you so close that at any moment I expect the door will open and you will see me camouflaged in an enigmatic home. Built on shoes that you made. The country was beautiful and lying on the grass so that I could sometimes see a net in a tree as against the sky or turning make a space for eyes between two trees to watch bird movements across and in it. Beautiful daisies and a jungle of tiger lilies, multitudious lakes and canoes. I could tell how distinctly happy you would be, and I am often in deep pain. I am often, I am not a human being. I talk to you all day long, but when I start to write, I cannot. I'm dreaming of you, an enigma, and how we are together today. Your words in my ears, making me limp and taut turns with delight. Oh, I am sure we could use each other today. I like to believe that you are writing my music now. God knows I'm not doing it, because it simply seems to happen. The pratissimo is incredible in the way that you are, and perhaps a description in a song about you. Please, don't let intellectual art discussions intimidate you. You are only talking about art, or loving it. God knows what. But you are it. You are a visitation. And anyone who has a chance to be near you is damned fortunate. Going to sea and sun will be marvelous. I couldn't help thinking how magic it would be to meet you in some place on a cliff or sand, but problems of communication on my own allergy to summer nature mock romanticism. My whole desire is to run up and down the seacoast looking for you. Please kiss whichever part of me that you can reach for. I would like to measure my breath in relation to the air between us. Love letter from John Cage to Merce Cunningham. That was very sweet. <clears throat> so I read that quickly and I thought it was Johnny Cage instead of John Cage. I thought, oh we got a we got a fake love letter. That'll be interesting. What's a Mortal Kombat love letter sound like? But then I realized it wasn't after reading the first two lines. Uh. Ooh, You guys hear that? Shit, that was good. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was my shoulder getting back into position. Oh. Oh, somebody come over here and give me a back rub. Ooh. Haven't I earned it? Don't you want to come over here and just soothe me and rub my muscles? I planked yesterday. Like, you know, they said you're supposed to plank. So I got in planking position. And I just never stopped. I can just plank for 22 hours now. I just got in position, cat got on top, fell asleep. I fell asleep, woke back up, was still planking. No, not really, obviously. God damn it. God damn. Like obviously that's a joke. Planking for even 60 seconds is an eternity. That's obviously a joke. Don't I don't even know what to make of that one. That people were like, "Really?" That is you wanting to really believe in something. That's that's all I can say about that one. Uh, I can throw a refrigerator, but I cannot blank for 22 hours. I was actually, like, picking up my refrigerator a little bit, because it's huge. I was like, I could throw you, right? Because this one's bigger than the other one that I said I could throw, that I did throw. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> this one's much bigger. And so, like, I was like, I can throw you, right? So like I open it up and I like I get my hands down and like it's got a freezer on top. It's not one of the side by sides, it's freezer on top. And like I get my hands down below in the fridge at the ceiling of the fridge where it meets the freezer, and I like I'm reaching and I'm like, I can pick you up a little bit, right? Like I can pick you up a little. I can. I can pick it up a little. I can pick up the fr- I can move this fridge out by itself. I could walk it out by itself and walk it back in if I needed to. <laughs> So, I can do that, but I cannot plank for that long. I know. Oh, it was such a good pop. Jesus, that felt so good right after a fucking pizza, too. I'm really healing. Oh, man. I know that doesn't sound like it's like uh, those two are contained at all together, but the more your stomach is like, uh, the more your stomach is like in distress, the less your other systems work so good. So, like, every other time a system just like, I wasn't expecting that at all. That was so good. Now guys, show's canceled. The pop was too good. What do you want from me? The gods have spoken. <laughs> that was better that was better than some orgasms I've had in 2020. Like not even not even close. That was a lot better than some orgasms I've had in 2020. That was a really good fucking pop. Ooh. Ooh, daddy loved it. Oh my god, get over here sit on my lap and wear high heels. I don't care if you're in sweatpants. Sweatpants and high heels. It'll be fucking hot. Come on. Oh, my God. I'm a man. Holy shit. Oh, I'm getting so horny. I'm finally starting to understand why King Kong kidnapped that blonde girl. Like, I don't know if that's socially acceptable to say in the year 2020, but, like, I'm fucking starting to get it. Uh, uh. Okay, all right. Whew, I've adjusted to my new, better reality. See, all the complaining and all the letting go and all the talking about whiz snipers, you know? Uh, this is what it was for. It was the universe rewarding me. <clears throat> Contract was for a week. I'd have everything I needed to live everything but the physical presence of others. The ad in Soulbound had suggested thinking about the service period like a kinky reality show. It would, after all, be televised for an exclusive paying audience. Pay-per-view kink. Yeah, I've been there before a lot, but never as the star of the show. It got me thinking and kept me under for days. I couldn't pass it up. I'm sure it wasn't the first to feel this way and probably wouldn't be the last. They were going to pay me very well for a week spent in confinement. It would be a week spent alone in a posh condo, naked, submitting to the voice commands of an exclusive audience of women. I would be on camera and on call 24 hours a day for seven days. I'm kind of an exhibitionist at heart. I like being naked, and I don't mind being watched. My dick isn't bad. At least, I haven't had any complaints. I think it's pretty nice when it's up and ready for action. Like I said, no complaints. (laughs) I'm guessing this is not a serious story, but we'll see where it goes from here. I sent in my application with the required photos and waited. About five months later, an envelope came from Soulbound. I had to think for a second. Who the hell is Soulbound? I was about to throw it out in the recycling bin when it hit me, starring in pay-per-view kink. I'd forgotten all about it. They wanted me. Cool. Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? I took a week's vacation from work and on a Saturday night drove across the Verrazano in an industrial-looking building in Midtown with its own underground garage. The elevator opened onto a reception desk on the fifth floor. Hey, hey, whoever suggested this? Hey, whoever suggested this? Thank you. This is, this is, this, this... The fact that he just pulled into an underground garage to the fifth floor office desk? That really says that something amazing is about to happen. That's so many bullshit details in a row that I'm now actually kind of excited for how this plays out. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Here we go. That's just so many details. That's just like, the the screenwriter in me just exploded. The screenwriter in me is just all like, oh my god, oh my god, that means by the third act, that means we have to come back to the basement. And I'm like, there's just so many details in there that didn't need to be there that are not going to come back that I'm starting to get, like, really excited. Okay, okay. He doesn't remember who Soulbound is. He's on the fifth floor reception desk. The guy manning the desk asked for my ID and after scrutinizing it, Announced my presence to someone at the other end of the phone line. Okay, follow me. He said after hanging up the phone, You ever done professional work before? (sighs) Well, yeah. I'm a CPA, and I work in Jersey. No, man. Porn work. You know, sex work. You ever done any sex work before? Oh, I see. (laughs) Porn. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, porn? Yeah, buddy, porn. What do you think? I mean, you're going to be naked on camera for a week. What do you think this is? But hey, you got a problem. You're going to let me know now. No one's going to let you out of there once, you, once you're sick or something once you go in, you know? So, like, uh, you want to do this? Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> sure. Why not? All right, then. Everything's on the floor. we got the whole loft inside. It's nice. you got everything you need. There's food and there's stuff to read and tapes and stuff to watch. You don't get any TV, but there's like a DVD and stuff. And uh, all you gotta do is what the ladies tell you. Nobody's gonna come in and you can't come out until your time's up or they kick you out. Oh, it's still him. stalking for no reason. Sorry. Nobody's gonna come in and you can't come out until your time's up or they kick you out. (laughs) We didn't include any dialogue tags along with no plot points. You signed a contract that said that you... What you're told to do, and that's all you're going to do. If nobody's telling you to do something, you can do what you want. But when someone is telling you to do something, you got to stop what you're doing and do it. Get me? Yes, I know. This guy was getting on my nerves. Or maybe this whole thing was beginning to get on my nerves. Now look, this is going to be important. you got to do everything they say, or at least try to do it. If you don't do something or refuse, you don't get paid, see? You understand? Yeah. Okay. He stared at me like I wasn't getting it. I was getting it. All right, so there's all these cameras everywhere in the loft. There's no place you won't be on camera, okay? I nodded, and we were standing at the front door in the hallway behind the reception desk. All right, well, you can take off your clothes and everything here. He handed me a locker key and said I should put all my belongings in the locker and take the key inside the living space with me. He said I could put it in a bowl by the door. That way, I wouldn't lose it. Because you lose your key, you're gonna be the one that pays to get the lock cut off. (laughs) Yeah? Okay. I very quickly got out of my clothes and folded them into the locker. Like that was sorry, just an author's note. That's what actually happens your first day on a job is like you get yelled at about not to lose keys and how it's going to come out of your paycheck if you fucking do. So you fucking get this asshole, "Hey, do you get the fucking rules? Don't lose the fucking key. Otherwise it's coming out of your paycheck, you piece of shit. There's two rules. Do what the client says, don't lose the fucking key, jerk <laughs> <laughs> Not <they're> get <getting> naked. <laughs> I got out my clothes and folded them up in the locker. I just wanted to get inside. You gotta take off all your clothes and jewelry and then watch, too. Yeah, alright. I finally stood in front of the door, completely naked and a little chilled. Key in hand. There seemed to be a draft. I hadn't thought about it, but in some of these old buildings, well, you have to expect it. I really hoped it wouldn't freeze to death for an entire week. (laughs) He unlocked the door! Oh my god! Oh my god! You didn't unlock the door before you made him strip? That's hardcore. He unlocked the door. Okay, pal, have a good one, he said as I walked in. I heard the door close and the lock slide close behind me and I was too concerned with what in front of me to pay attention. There was no draft. There weren't any windows. Everything was white. I detected a light scent of lavender in the air, and my feet sunk into the thick carpet. A white velvet couch faced a huge plasma screen on the opposite wall. In front of the couch was a large white plastic low table, one of those really expensive ones you see in the magazines. (laughs) Below the... Below the TV was a table with a white DVD player and two shelves of white-sleeved DVDs. There were small white speakers on stands on each corner of the room. If I continued a straight line from the door, I came to a white dining table with one straightened back chair, and then in the kitchen. The kitchen was no different. White counter and sinks, white appliances, white dinnerware, but stainless silverware, pots and pans and glasses were a frosted white. I wondered if the food would somehow be white, too. The bedroom, off the living room, why wouldn't you start here, held a king-size bed with a white anodized barred head and footboard. The bathroom had a white tile floor, and mirrors covered the walls on the sink, shower, toilet, and tub. Back in the bathroom, I noticed a nightstand by the bed with a shelf of white-colored books. Walking back into the bathroom, I lifted up the seat and had a much-needed piss. It was slightly weird, gazing at myself in the floor-to-ceiling mirror behind the toilet. Don't make a mess, boy. You'll have to clean it up with your tongue. Nobody likes a messy boy, do they? I stopped in midstream and looked around. My head automatically going, my hands automatically going to cover my cog and balls. I heard a chorus of female voices commenting on messy guys. And then the first voice said, What do you think you're doing? Take those hands away. I removed my hands and said, Sorry, ma'am. Pretty shouldn't speak unless he's asked a direct question. But he is very pretty, isn't he? Pretty. Oh, there's lots of voices prettier than the pictures, I'd say, Finish going to the bathroom, boy. I was frozen in place with one hand holding my cock, looking around the room for the cameras, but I couldn't find them. What's the matter, pretty? Don't like the audience? We'll be quiet. Just pretend we're not here. There was some quiet snickering and whispering in the nothing with the occasional quiet cough. This was what I was getting paid for, I guessed. I had never truly thought about what on-camera 24-7 really meant, but I had to go with it, so I went. As I was washing my hands, the first voice spoke again. Hurry up, boy. It's time to learn the rules. Go back in the living room and take a seat in the middle of the sofa. Once I was back in the living room, she continued, Spread those legs wherever you sit. Your legs are to be spread as wide as possible, Craig. Better. You'll do what we tell you to do. Whatever we tell you to do, you'll be forced to leave without pay. I have to say, I was beginning to feel like I might not have made such a good decision. She talked about how any of the women at any time could give me a command, and I had to execute it. And if they told me to stop, I'd better stop what I was doing. She said there were lots of toys in the apartment which they might direct me to play with. She said that they were magnetic, magnetic restraints which, once I put them on, only she and her friends had the power to remove. She also said that I would have plenty of free time to do anything I wanted. There were movies to watch and books to read. Any question, Brittany? I could hear her voice. This was her new nickname, Capital Letter Included. I thought about a million things to ask, but I simply said, no, ma'am, that's fine, then. Masturbate for us. And that was my introduction to the house. Of course, I didn't mind jacking off into the cameras. I enjoyed it, being the exhibitionist I am. It was when I got close to coming to the point of their control was driving home. Stop. I didn't stop right away. I said, stop! If you come, you're out of here right now. It would be a shame to get out of here less than an hour after arrival. I stopped. The right hand still wrapped around my shaft, which stood hard and straight. You'll get used to it. Now, on the dining table, you'll find a set of wrist and ankle cuffs. Put them all on. I found them fitting in with the theme. They were white leather. I couldn't see how to fasten them on because there didn't seem to be any buckles or locks. Just wrap them around your wrist. I did as I was told and felt the ends come together with a strong magnetic pull. I tried to give a yank, but it refused to budge. Magnetic restraints, I told you! When I had them all fastened, another voice told me to go pick out a movie and then put it in the DVD player. My hard-on hadn't subsided yet, and the cuffs were adding to my arousal. I didn't know what it was about cuffs, but you feel something more naked when you're wearing them. Or at least, I do. The movie didn't have any titles or cover pictures, but each was numbered. Which should I choose? I opened the box and found a white DVD with a number corresponding to the box cover. Oh, for heaven's sake! Just put in number twenty-three. Why are the pretty boys so old? always so indecisive? A second voice said, "It's okay, pretty. We didn't choose you for your brain." She's Kim Young in my brain, in my mind. For some reason, she's Constance Wu slash uh, Kim Young in my brain. <laughs> she's got the personality. She didn't mean it, pretty. We're all sure you're very smart. Aren't we? I turned beat red to a choruses of Yes, Pretty Boys while I put in the requested DVD. They had to go back to the couch and sit down again. This time I remembered to sit with my legs apart. As the opening credits flashed, they told me to put my hands behind my back. And as soon as I did, I felt my wrists snap together in magnetic restraint. It was a porn movie. It figured, but it was okay. But it really didn't do much for me. It had mostly attractive women with fake boobs swimming together nude. There were some guys who came over and fucked them in a few different ways. Pretty standard fair, really. So I leaned back and watched while my cock wilted. They freed my hands and had me change the movie a few times. I guess they were trying to get to know me, or at least my taste in porn. Each time I changed the movie, they restrained my hands again. Eventually, I came across a movie I liked as evidenced by my hard-on. Surprise, surprise! It was about some ball-busting women trying to get some guy up and fucking him up in front of an audience. See, he didn't know there was gonna be an audience until he was already tied up. Then they opened some curtains and he could see a room full of people watching. Ooh. I really liked that part. I told you I was an exhibitionist. Then three different women fucked him with strap-ons. I didn't like that part. But maybe I did. Or at least my cock did. That kind of disturbed me a little bit. That my cock seemed to like it so much. But I wasn't scared because I knew I was alone and no one was going to come in and do that to me. The voices made all sorts of comments about what I liked and what they should do to me about all the pre-cum dripping from my cock. They put a close-up of my cock on the screen for me to watch (laughs) an inset box along with the movie. That was kind of cool. You never see yourself like that. I mean, even if you watch yourself masturbate, the angle's different, you know. At one point in the movie, this one woman was scratching this guy's balls with the long metal claw-like things on the end of her fingers. I guess my legs started to come together, and the woman who seemed to be in charge harked, Keep those legs apart! The next thing I know, the magnetic points are in strategic places that can activate. Why, what sort of fun would it be if I couldn't be tethered to something? There are points like that all over the condo, not just the floor. The movie I was watching ended, but another came on right on after it. It showed a guy attached to a wall again with an audience. There was only one woman in it. She was beautiful but really mean. You could tell that she liked hurting the guy, like when you watch a horror movie. I couldn't take my eyes off her. I'm pretty. You like that, don't you? I almost hadn't heard her. No, I didn't like that. I wasn't into this sort of thing. I stole a glance at my cock on the screen, and it was bobbing and dancing. They unfastened my wrists, and the woman told me I could touch myself. My hands raced to my shaft and started pumping. Stop! It took me a second, but I managed to stop. I'm going to let you come, but I'll tell you when. There's a part coming up that I think you'll really like. It'd be a shame for you to come too quick. And if you missed it, don't you think? They freed my hands. Press pause on the remote. They freed my legs and told me to open the drawer to the coffee table. Toys. There were lots of different kinds of toys. There were things in there I had no idea how to use or what they might be for. You see that sweet little red butt plug? I suppose I hadn't really been thinking when I looked into the drawer that these were for use on myself. Whoa! A butt plug? And it wasn't a little either. Somehow, I gave myself away. What's the matter, pretty? Never used one of those. Ooh, I think you like it. Don't you think you like it, girls? Once again, there was a chorus of yeses and you knows. And besides, I think it would be so much fun watching a sweet little angel version trying to insert his first plug. Here's what you're going to do, pretty. You're going to pick it up on that bottle of lube on the red plug. Close the drawer, walk around the table, so that you're standing between the TV and the table. That's right. Now you're going to bend over and place your hands on the tabletop. Yes, that's nice. (sighs) Now you're going to hick your hands hands on the table. NO! NO! NOT LIKE THAT! STAND UP! GRAB YOUR butt cheeks. YEAH! YEAH! WE WANT TO SEE THAT LOVELY VERSION WHOLE OF YOURS! ah oh, right. OKAY. YOU CAN LET like, GO NOW. <laughs> SQUEEZE some LIMB ON YOUR RIGHT INDEX FINGER AND RUB IT OVER YOUR ANUS. Yes. Yeah. I CAN some more AND DO IT AGAIN. PUT YOUR <laughs> FINGER little IT. Doesn't it feel nice? You know what? It does feel good. I wasn't going to tell you what, but it does kind of turn me on. i never thought I'd do anything like this before. Answer me, doesn't it feel fucking nice, boy? Does it feel nice, boy? Uh, no? It wasn't a total lie, but it wasn't the total truth either. Well, that's a shame, because I guess you'll be pretty uncomfortable for a while then. Squeeze up the You need more than that. Come on, you need more than that. I followed her instructions, sticking the pug in with the liquid. Oh, that's better. Now reach back and pull your cheeks apart with your hand and find your asshole with the plug. This is where the giggling started. I tried to locate the right place. I started sweating. My heart on was gone and I was getting more and more embarrassed, but there was also a more and deeper arousal. Finally, I found my asshole. Listen, it's not that easy when you're doing it for the first time and people are watching. (laughs) I I know, I know that the more people that are watching me, the harder it is to find my asshole. It's just like a purse. Trying to find something in the bottom of a purse, you know, when you need it the most. It's the hardest to get. (laughs) 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 (inaudible) (laughs) Woo! Ah, that's it. Now push it in. Keep going. (laughs) It hurt. I thought it might feel good, and it did slightly, but it also hurt. Straining my unused anal muscles to the max. I told them that it hurt, and they said it wouldn't hurt for longer to keep going, lie. I finally got it in, and I felt my ass close over the bump, and plug sort of got snugged and held in tight. She was right. It didn't hurt anymore. It felt all right. Nice, actually. The longer it was in there, the less I felt it. Stand up, pretty. I felt it then, like an electric shock went straight to my cock, which wasn't so soft anymore, by the way. She told me to walk around the couch again and take a seat. Walking was an interesting experience. Sitting down? Was it even more? Interesting experience. (laughs) Press play with your hands behind your back. That's right. Squirm all you like, but open those legs. I felt the magnets lock, and the movie started again. It was hard to concentrate on the movie with the butt plug in. I couldn't keep still, and every time I moved, another foreign sensation would take hold of my cock and my hands. It wasn't until the bitch in the movie shoved a big plug into the guy she'd been tormenting earlier that I drew back into watching. I realized my hands were free, and that they were wrapped around my cock. I had no idea how they got there, but there they were. I started stroking and smacking his holes with a riding crop. His cock grew harder and harder, and so had mine. I was riveted to the screen and whacking off for all I was worth. I think I'd forgotten where I was. When she told me to come, I almost didn't hear her. I probably would have just come anyway, but I bet she knew it. The woman in the movie gave the guy a really hard smack on the side of his cock, and he just exploded. So did I. Holy shit. I never felt anything like that. And you've got to remember this was just the first day, just the first few hours. Oh fuck. I was gonna tell you what I was in that turned me on so much. I'd only been home a few days and I still can't believe all the stuff that happened. You know what I said before? I left the woman who made me do most of those crazy things? She said she was also the woman in the video I was watching. The same woman In a lot of the videos. At least, a lot of the videos that I was made to watch. I think she lives there. Yeah, well, probably not in Staten Island, but I mean the city. Listen, actually, why I'm telling you this stuff is I've got this idea, see. I really have to find her. I guess maybe I'm a little obsessed, you know. I was wondering if I could borrow your gallery space. I mean, I know you only get to show off once a year, but... It would be perfect. Besides, I may it up to you, but a lady like her, she's got to go to a lot of odd openings. There's no way she would pass it up. It would just be like the loft, but it would be me, and open to the public. I could try and be her slave. Well. <sighs> a different... Kind of Reality Show by D.L. King. And that concludes this Different Kind of Reality Show. I hope you had fun. I tried to put on a show. Yeah, I always know where my asshole is as well, Allie. I don't know if we're good or not for that. One last tip jar, I guess, for everybody who wants to pay because here I am making it your day and trying to get the news out the way. Something, something, right? All right, guys, thank you very much. It really does mean a lot. Everybody who came out, everybody who requested, everybody who laughed, everybody had a good time, everybody who tells me to have a good time, everybody tells me to relax and just focus on the day-to-day, the hour-to-hour, it means a lot. I really am sorry that there's, like, a lot of me going into the boring first part of this show. But, like, it's a boring life right now. There's not a lot going on in this world, and I don't quite know what to make of it. Besides, I really appreciate you all, each and every last one of you. Thank you again. Special thank you. I don't normally do this. Special thank you to all my patrons just for being so patient this month. There is a big, 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 big batch of audios for you guys coming. Been hard at work. Thank you guys so much for your patience. Support. All the kind words. Everybody, thank you truly. uh, From the bottom of my heart, Uh, it means a lot to me. That is the show. Come on out next Friday at 10. Yes, I am going to try and do a patron show in April. We will schedule it. You guys got to let me know. Do you want me to schedule it for a different night around the same time in the evening? Like a weeknight in the same time in the evening for a patron show? Or do you want me to move it to like in the morning, North America morning, slash that would be evening in Europe? You guys got to let me know, when does it work for you? I'll put up a poll, but you guys got to tell me when you want alternate shows besides 10 Eastern on Fridays to be, okay? All right. Thank you again, everybody. Let me know. Keep sending in those love. Keep sending all the nice things in there. Keeping Daddy going, just like you say that he's keeping you going. Oh my God, we actually padded it out to 100 minutes. We actually almost did it. Awesome. All right. Guys, thank you so much again for coming on out. That is the tip show. Tell your friends, listen. If you're listening to this on the podcast, oh my god, a review. You're sitting around, you're bored, or you're at work and you're so thankful that I am too. Either way, don't you want to review the podcast wherever you listen to? Give it the little heart. Give it the little thumbs up. Real Grey Night on Twitter. Follow me there. You'll get all the news about all the stuff that I'm doing. Follow me. Come on out. The server. All the places. The podcast. Thank you. Bye.